0: for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is God's word. Thank you,
1: Jeffrey. It's good to be back after spending a few months in Southeast Asia. And we're waiting for the Lord to guide us further when we should return, when the time will be. Uh, During our last trip to Asia, Judith and I were able to visit Myanmar, country used to be called Burma, for 10 days. After almost four and a half years, we were able to be with the brothers and sisters that we had known and worked with for many years. Uh, It was such an exciting time to be with them and listen to their stories and what God was doing in their life and how He was guiding them in their ministry in the very difficult time that they're facing in that country. We studied the subject of suffering there, and uh, people told their stories, what God was doing, how people are coming to know the Lord, and how they're baptized, and uh, other stories. And during this time... um, a lot of conversations during lunch and even during the prayer time and some of the questions emerge and i was taking notes and i've looked at those questions and the questions they were asking does god know what is happening in our country how much does he know what's happening in my country in my family in my life is he aware of the difficult times that we are facing what is he doing about our country? Will the military rule ever end? And one brother even prayed very fervently that it would happen soon. And I was thinking during that time, does God have a calendar? Does God keep a schedule? Does God have a to-do list? Like I, I'm a list guy. How many of you have lists? I mean, I mean, if I don't have a list, I, I just get lost. So does God have a list? Am I on that? To-do list, God's list, is my name there? Uh, Do the events on earth have corresponding response by God? What happens here on our earth, is there anything going on where God is in heaven? How does God relate to time that I am bound by, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock? Does God know what time it is? What is What if God is late in acting on my behalf? What if he doesn't show up on time? I know he'll show up. There was a brother who went to, he left his place with his wife and moved to an unrich area to have a church plant ministry there. And there is a church now, and we rejoice in that. But in the first three years he was there, two of their sons died. And both of them died because he couldn't get to the hospital on time. And when he was telling his story, he said, what if? I'd just gone there on time. God didn't take me there on time. Does God act on our behalf on time? Does God show up on time? Does, is God ever late? Well, to that, I want to turn uh, to the passage we just read earlier. And as I was reading this passage, Luke 1 26 to 38, the first verse in chapter 26. Uh, it caught my attention. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. And I just stopped there. In the sixth month. We are given the time here. In the sixth month. So, it's, it's relating to time. When did God act? He acted In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. In verse 24, uh, we read, Elizabeth was in her fifth month of pregnancy. And in verse 36, and behold, the angel tells Mary, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her. Fifth month, sixth month, six months. Paul Referring to this event in Galatians chapter four verse four says, "In the fullness of time," he uses the word time. I like uh, the translation by in uh, translation message by Eugene Peterson, and he says Galatians four four. But when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, so there was a time set by God the Father. The authors of the Gospel of Luke, Dr. Luke and the Holy Spirit, the divine author and the human author, they both want us to know the time when God acted, in the sixth month, in the sixth month. Just the right time set by God. In heaven, I believe, God was tracking Elizabeth's pregnancy, the event here on this earth, fifth month, sixth month. And so then, In that month, when that happened, God sent the angel Gabriel. In Luke one nineteen, the angel Gabriel himself tells Zacharias that I was sent to you to speak to you. In Luke one twenty six, we just looked at uh, God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary. In both these places, the Greek word is apostello. From that, we get the word apostle, the sent one. And this word is used so many times in the New Testament, along with two other Greek words for the same thought. In John 3:17, the Father sent Jesus. It's the same word. In John 20, 21, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, Jesus says, even so I am sending you the same word. John 17, 18, as you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. Father sent the Holy Spirit. The sent one, at God's initiative, just at the time determined by him, a major event was unfolding. The passage we just read, that changed the human history. God's eternal plan, the promises were made by God from the very beginning the scriptures we read from the book of Genesis were about to be fulfilled. And let's look at some of these key promises in the Old Testament see the timing of God. Genesis 3.15, the woman's seed. Numbers one nine, the br- bronze serpent. As Moses lifted up the serpent, so the Son of Man will be lifted up. In Deuteronomy 18, a prophet like Moses. In 2 Samuel, David's eternal house. In Psalm 132, David's son will sit on the eternal throne. In Isaiah 7:14, a virgin with a child. In Daniel 7, the Son of Man, the ancient of days. In Micah from Bethlehem will come a ruler of Israel. In Zechariah, a king humble and mounted on a donkey in Malachi. The son of righteousness will rise, and so on and on and on. The people of Israel have been waiting for the Messiah. And all these promises, some understood, some did not. And now is the time. In his time, I can almost see a clock in heaven. And going 10, 9, 8, 3, 2, 1. Go, angel Gabriel. It's just like timing of God. And, and God sent his angel Gabriel to visit Mary, and that's the Advent season we begin today. There are two key phrases from this verse, and then we'll move on. In the sixth month, that's the time, God sent. Does God act in His time? Is God ever late? He shows up on time. God the Father sending activity in His time. God sent angels, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the disciples to accomplish His purpose. God in His sovereign will, under His watchful eyes, intervened in His time, not late at all. You know, in John chapter 12, when Lazarus died and then Jesus goes to Bethany and Mary meets Him outside and says, Lord, if you had been here, if you had just shown up on time, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus showed in that story that he was on time. We think that he's not, but he is. Here we see in this account, we just read in chapter, just one verse, verse 26. Here we see God's action and his timing corresponding with events on earth. So what do we see on earth? Mary and Joseph in Nazareth, what are they doing? They're planning for a wedding, right? And dreaming of their life together as a couple. They were legally pledged to be married. Their families knew about it. Their communities knew about it. A very busy time for them here on this earth. But what's happening in heaven that they're unaware of? There's conversation about another plan impacting the entire human history, all nations. God is assigning the angel Gabriel a very important task and invited Mary of Nazareth, Mary from Nazareth, to participate in his plan. Do you see the events on this earth and events in heaven? And God somehow corresponds that and comes to happen on time. Human and divine engagement and so that's what we see in this passage. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel. In the sixth month, the time and sending activity of God. Let's continue with the passage. Then says uh, verse 28: For nothing will be impossible with God. So we'll take away. This is take away from this passage. An angel came to her and said, "Greetings, O favored one." And Mary is afraid, and the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You are God's sovereign choice. Do not be afraid. He said, you'll bear a son. He'll be great. Be called the son of the Most High, the throne of his father, David, he will have. He will reign. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. We can have seven sermons just from this one verse angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. A very uh, normal response from Mary. You have found favor with God. You are God's sovereign choice. And what was Mary's response? And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? I am not so naive, angel. I know how the babies are born. I have not been with a man. This has never happened or I've never heard of it ever happening in the hum- all human history. And the angel angel gives her a response. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And he ends with these words, for nothing will be impossible with God. Yes, Mary, I understand that you don't get it. But God can do this through the power of the Most High, through the Holy Spirit. And he gave an example. He said, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also conceived a son, uh, also has conceived, and this is her six months, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary's response. Let it be to me according to your word, verse 38. And Mary said, behold, after Mary heard that, for nothing will be impossible with God, Mary says, behold, I am the servant. Immediately, I could just see her, you know, like the Japanese people do, bowing her head. Behold, I am the servant. The word is doulos, means a bond slave. Of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, Mary says, in the New American Standard, may it be done to me according to your word. May it be done. I'm your servant. May it be done according to your word. A well-planned wedding in the anticipation of married life. Plans all set and suddenly God stepped in and interrupted her life, his life, and their plans. So, well, while Mary, and angel, there is this conversation going on, the passage we read. Well, what about Joseph? When did Mary tell Joseph and how that would have gone? I wish somebody had videoed that, their date and, you know, and just videoed everything and all of that. We're not certain when she told Joseph, but she must have been pregnant when she revealed this to Joseph. Maybe on their next day to discuss the wedding plans. You know, maybe that's when it happened. And Mary must be thinking, how will I tell Joseph? Will he understand? Mary may not have looked very excited or happy. She may have been in some trouble. And Joseph would have said, Mary, what is wrong? Are you not feeling well? And then Mary says, Joseph, I need to tell you something very important. I'm pregnant. I wish somebody would have taken a picture of Joseph's face at that time. when Mary told him, I am pregnant. A pause, maybe. And the first thought in Joseph's mind, what? Who? When? Mary must have explained her encounter with Angel and told Joseph this story. However, Joseph's decision was made. Joseph, after this conversation, he said, I would quietly divorce her. And here is Joseph's resolve, it says in uh, Matthew 18 and 19, chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her the same, resolved to divorce her quietly. So on this earth again here, now let's look at it. Here's Joseph and Mary. They're discussing. Mary tells him that she's pregnant. Joseph is kind of, she's a nice girl. I love her very much. And I'm not going to drag her before the community and accuse her of adultery and maybe possibly stoned to death. That's a pretty serious offense in their culture. And he loved her very much. He decided to break off this engagement quietly. He said he resolved to divorce her quietly. It's almost like divorcing once in that culture um, such arrangement is already made. But in heaven there is another conversation. Well, we cannot allow Joseph to do that. No, we're we're not. We must talk to him directly. we we got to send another angel to talk to Joseph. So, Do you see the events on this earth? and heaven, and heaven and earth. So, but hen, but when, so we read in verse 20, but as he considered these things, so when Joseph is thinking about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream here, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph had to have a divine communication and conversation as well and so he has this dream and the angel tells him and so Joseph, uh, I'm glad he did, was told to get married. He agreed their plan for their normal life were altered and I believe it must have been a small and a quiet and a simple wedding but nonetheless they did get married. So here are the passages I wanted to bring before us this morning uh, as we begin the Advent season. And so what do we learn from this event we read? In the sixth month, God sent Angel Gabriel to Mary. In the sixth month, God sent then there are events taking place on this earth, and the people and the places are not aware of what they're thinking, what they're planning, and yet there is awareness in heaven. God knows about this, and He stepped in and altered that plan. Human and divine engagement, it's a fascinating study. I've been studying this for a long time, every place in the whole of Bible where earth and heaven came together, human and divine engagement, either communication or a vision or a dream. It's quite, uh, quite fascinating. So what do we learn from this Advent story? There's so much we can learn. I just want to give three takeaways, and those are in your notes, but I'm going to reverse the order. Just this morning as I was praying, I thought it might be a little better to uh, change the order. So I'm going to start with respond first. So here is Mary and Joseph, they're planning their wedding, they're working on all the arrangements and everything, and we know the story now, the angel appears to Mary, then to Joseph, and say, okay guys, changing plans. When God calls, when God called Mary, we have, these are words, Mary's words here, behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your words. So responses. Mary's response, and of course, Joseph also agreed to the uh, vision and the communication that came from heaven to him. Does God do this today? Does he stop people right in their track and call them to change the direction of their life to fulfill his purpose? Does he? Have any of you ever experienced? Judith and I are going through this, and I and scratch my head, Lord, what is, what is going on? Everything was planned. In, 20, in 2020, before COVID started, my leader and I got together and we made a three-year plan. 2020, 21, 22. We had month by month planned out. Cambodia, these are the lessons. Laos, Myanmar, Thailand, Vietnam. And it just looked great on the paper. Fundraising was taking place. I'm working on visas and everything else. Yeah, but in heaven, God says, no, it's not happening. And he says, COVID. And then it just went on and disturbed. Now, a lot of times we have made the plan and it's worked. But there are a lot of times. For me personally, so, so here, God gives us plans. What if God calls us to give up our plans and follow his plans? We rarely hear of divine visits to communicate God's will. Now we, we don't, I've never had angel appear to me. When I was very young in college and drank some stuff, I thought I saw something. But, but not, uh, not after, not, that was a long time ago. I've never seen it. And so we don't have that. But we have the word of God and the Holy Spirit. And through the Word and the Spirit, it's so fascinating. I encourage you to spend so much time in the Word prayerfully. You will begin to hear God. Now, there are some people have heard Sadhu Sundar Singh. Some of you may have known that story. Sadhu Sundar Singh had the vision of Christ. And even now, today, in this day and age, a lot of people, especially in the Muslim countries, some in Buddhist and Hindu nations, they have visions of jesus appearing to them or angels appearing to them but for us we have the word and the spirit guiding us we have all we all have plans we all have plans you have plans for you for your children for your grandchildren however what if god alters our plan what should our response be what would we say can we say like mary may it be done to me according to your will. And that has just spoken to me so deeply. That's where I want to be. May it be done according to your work this Christmas, this Advent season, for this month, for our church. Let's all say that to God. May it be done to me, to my church, to my Sunday school class, my family, my country, according to your will. And then the second one is request Uh, Then we're going to the middle one, starting from the bottom. And that is, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. God's sending activity is continuing. God sent angels. In the Old Testament, He sent prophets, apostles, disciples. He has not stopped sending His obedient disciples. Two Sundays ago, we uh, heard from Dr. Murray Jesus asking us to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. And Jesus was, Jesus is asking us, he was speaking to his disciples and asked to the Lord of the harvest. Father, the Lord of the harvest is the one who sends. in his plan, in his way, in his time. And and so, we need to pray. Now, how does prayer and God's sovereign will come in together? God is going to do what He's going to do on his, in His time. And, but then why is He asking us to pray? Is there any example in the Bible that this sending of angel Gabriel was in response to someone's prayer? I don't know. But, I just thought about it in Luke chapter 2, Simeon and Anna were awaiting the consolation of Israel, yes? And I was praying day and night in the temple. I wish we were told what they were praying for. But knowing them, and maybe there were many other religious Jewish people of the time who were awaiting Messiah, they must have been praying for God to send the Messiah. And that may have been an answer answer to prayer. God, I believe, in His divine wisdom employs human prayer with faith to accomplish His divine plans. God is going to do what He's going to do, but somehow study this prayer and God's sovereign will that in His divine wisdom He employs our prayers. So what is our responsibility? All All answers lie in God's domain. God is going to answer prayers as He wishes, and He's going to do that's under sovereign will. But we are asked to pray. We are asked to pray, so we need to pray to the Lord of the Harvest. A very quick story in in Myanmar again. A man named we'll call him Pow. Okay, we call him Pow. Actually, he goes by Pow. Very quick story. In his teenage years, or just when he has turned 20, 21, some of his friends told him to go to another country in Asia and work as a refugee worker or migrant worker. So he went there. He didn't realize the agent who took him there, charged a lot of money, had cheated him, and he didn't have the legal permission. And so he got arrested. Six years he was in this country. I, I listened to his story quite carefully, I've got his pictures. So he's there, he listens to, and then three out of those six years, he was in the prison. He heard the Word of God. He had known a little bit about the gospel in his country from Myanmar where he left, but he heard the gospel. It's a long, fascinating story how God intervened in his life. And by then, United Nations found out about all these refugees, so they took them on and started giving each one little card and permission to leave. Just then, he started to reading Bible and praying and studying and joined a little local church. They spoke the language that he was speaking, and the approval came for him to move to the United States. And he was telling me, he says, just then there was the conflict going on. What do I do? So he is, he is working on it. The agents are working. He's working. But something was going on up there. And he says, no, I, I was just praying, and I just felt I had to go back to my country and work among my people. There is no church where I'm from. And so he goes there, and he works works among among them. So that is a quite, quite fascinating that how this human and divine engagement takes place, that God in His time, He, in rings, He steps in and works in the lives of individuals, nations, churches, and others. And the last one is in closing, before I pray, to rest in God's sovereignty, in His time. Not only God acts according to His will, but He acts in His time. He is always on time. God is never late. You look at the story of Joseph and Moses and Abraham and David and Jeremiah and John the Baptist, Jesus, Stephen. Timing of Apostle Paul's call. Absolutely fascinating. If you study in the book of Acts, the early church history, the birth and growth of the church. Why was Apostle Paul not called to be one of the twelve that Jesus had with? Have you ever thought about it? Then I thought Peter and Paul on the same team, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, That's a God said. Okay, these two guys, I'm not putting them in the same church. You know, let them. them. But the timing, God is just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Man, governments, we make plans. However, God is keeping an eye on all the events here. We can rest. Next year is going to be pretty anxious for a lot of people in this country. You know, election is coming up and some people will lose your sleep. Just calm down. Take a deep breath. Rest in His sovereign will. There is no frustration there. Wars, Ukraine, Russia. I pray every day for the war to end. We need to rest in God's will. And what about our pastor next, search? He knows the time. He knows the time. And we can rest in His will. How do we then rest in God's sovereign will? Through prayer. Through prayer and worship. Prayer and worship are very restful things. They're, they're like, they give you rest, so praying it's so. Respond to God, request, ask Lord of the harvest, and rest in God's sovereignty. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful to you for your love for us. We thank you for this tremendous Advent story. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel. We are given the time. You're the God over all time and all the events. And you're not frustrated. You're not surprised ever what happens in our lives, in our family, in our church, in our country, in this nation. So teach us to rest, teach us to pray, and teach us to respond when you call us. In Jesus' name, amen.